Now back to On the Block with Strick and Austin on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Rolling right along here on the block. Thanks, Rinko, for popping in. But uh, our assistant program director apparently has bigger, better things to do than spend his time so. with us on the show. So whatever, we appreciate his contributions when and where we get them. Um, keeping this conversation going, it seems like there's a lot of prevailing thought on the text line that Danny Busboom Kelly would come back. Mm-hmm. Again, probably. I don't want to speak for her. Because I also think Danny Busboom Kelly and any Nebraska-affiliated coach is smart enough to see what happened with Scott Frost and say, let me take a beat, make sure that I'm going to be supported, make sure that I'm cut out for this, and then dive in head first. I will will say that 2025 or whenever John Cook decides to hang it up, that Nebraska volleyball program will be in a heck of a better spot than 2018 Nebraska football. Correct. Heck of a better spot. In a lot of ways. Yeah. This is another question I had. Again, my first thought was which professional coaches, I I, I don't want to say worth their salaries Mm -hmm. because, you know, they're good at what they do. They're valuable in that way. But it it came to me because Monty Williams making $78.5 million over six years with the Pistons. And that's a lot. And he has to do a lot of building. But we're on the college conversation. I think that's more what our audience is focused on. So what college coaches are in that way worth their salary? Nick Saban, worth it to mm-hmm. sustain, well, rebuild Alabama from, you know, what it was, didn't even, you know, they were down for Alabama. Nick yeah. Saban rebuilt that and has sustained. Kirby Smart was worth it to get Georgia over that hump. They were really good under Mark Richt. Not, not to where they're at now. No. Which Kirby is, Smart which is, is worth it since they took that next yeah. step. Dabo Swinney, worth whatever Clemson's paying him because he got them relevant. Now, if Clemson slips a little bit from where they were, Maybe he's not because he built it. Maybe they need a new voice at some point. Mm-hmm. Probably not soon. 10 years, 15 years, maybe. Is Lincoln Riley worth it for USC? Jury's out on that. Is Matt Rule worth it for Nebraska? I don't know. But this is where I ask you, Nick. Is it more worth it for Nebraska to pay Matt Rule, you know, between 7 and and $9 million a year for the next eight to rebuild it? Or is it more worth it to Georgia to pay Kirby Smart what it did to take that next step? I think you have to build it um, because I, – I, can I say it depends on the situation? Like the, I, I don't, right. don't want to cop out on, with an answer like that, but – You're right. I mean, Georgia and Nebraska, in that, if we're using that, right, mm-hmm. if we're comparing when Kirby Smart got hired to when Matt Rule got hired – Nebraska and Georgia, two completely different situations. It, it would be more of Nebraska when they fired Bo Pelini to Georgia when they fired Mark Richt, mm-hmm. right? Sure. I would say because they're both – Mark Richt was around the 9-10 wins, uh, maybe screeched out at 11-win season in there. Mm-hmm. Same with Bo, right? Well, Bo just got 9 or 10. But. Bo just got <laughs> 9 or 10, never won a conference title, You know, got, yada, to, yada. got to two, but never – got to three, excuse me, never won one, though. Um I think it's incredibly important there in that situation that you have to go out, and this is something that Nebraska did not do under Sean Eichhorst. This is something that Nebraska struggled with. They found a guy that off the field was the opposite of Bo Pelini and on the field didn't really do anything that Bo Pelini did, if that makes sense. Where Georgia went and got a guy that 
Mark Richt was the or what he what the nine wins was the the basement mm-hmm. for for Kirby Smart, mm-hmm. but they found a guy that could elevate it to this national caliber type of team. Now Nebraska with Matt Rule after Scott Frost bottom of the barrel in terms of expectations for Nebraska what what we expect Nebraska to look like. So now they they're not they cannot even worry about finding a guy to exceed. Bo Pelini's expectation. You have to figure out a guy to exceed or to get back to Bo Pelini, mm-hmm. right? And then you worry about from that next step, if you decide to move on, once again, if you think nine wins every year isn't enough, then you find that next step to where it's, okay, how can we take the nine wins and exceed that? Who's out there that can exceed nine wins every year? Mike Riley obviously wasn't that guy. He did get to nine. <laughs> he did get to nine. Uh, started 7-0, and though. He did. And had, again, a ro- we, had a road win against Indiana. We picked that season apart time and time yeah. again. John Cook, I looked this up, making 675K, which again, yeah. it's less about that number specifically because John Cook is worth more than that. Even yeah. in college volleyball, which again, isn't a huge moneymaker, but is growing in popularity. Um, I think the, the great work so, that yeah. Nebraska has done has made the Nebraska club scene pop and sent players all across the country mm-hmm. from the club scene and the high school scene. So John Cook's pure, you know, dollars and cents value might be that. He seems to think it is. That's what he signed on for. But clearly what John Cook is doing is worth way more than that for the state mm-hmm. and for just the game of volleyball. We talk a lot about coaches' salaries because they're important. They're figures to know. But it's a different conversation from college to the pros because you can't think about college coaches salaries in relation to a salary cap like you would in the NBA or the NFL. And I get it. The coaches salaries don't count against that. But if you think of, you know, say Monty Williams making, you know, 12, 13 million dollars a year, think of him as a player that you signed for six years in 78 million dollars. That to me changes the calculus. Is a coach worth that much, you know, on the court value in terms of wins and losses? Probably not. But you think of, kind of that additional surplus value on the periphery. Do they put butts in seats? Do they change the culture behind the scenes? And that, to me, has to factor into the conversation of contracts. It's interesting. So, I mean, two completely different situations that Monty Williams was in, excuse me, this last season and now what he's walking into with Detroit. Mm -hmm. And so, excuse me, they... I mean, Detroit's a a, play, a team that won 17 games, I believe, 17 this last 65. year. 17 mm-hmm. I mean, they won 17 games and at times felt like they were trying for that first overall pick to get get Webem Yama. Yama. And they managed so, to slide as low as they could to five. Yes. Which is unfortunate but funny. But you look at what he like was dealing with. It's going to be interesting because you look at what he was dealing with in Phoenix – and they get Kevin Durant, and it still isn't enough to make the NBA Finals. They have a guy in DeAndre Ayton, Devin Booker, right, an experienced point guard in Chris Paul. And it still wasn't enough to make the NBA Finals, but we talk about that guy that takes, you know, is, is that coach one of those that can elevate you to that, that top of the top, right? Mm-hmm. Or is he that coach that can just get you to a certain part, which is still a good season, but doesn't result in championships. Right. And I don't know what Monty Williams is like, but it's two different situations now where he was with Phoenix trying to get them to the NBA Finals, and now here he is going through a rebuild with Detroit. 
And I think he's going to be good for Detroit because I think he has a great personality to connect with these young players to help them build and grow. But Nebraska volleyball post John Cook, again, I hope that's not for another decade, but we'll have to see if that's up to John Cook, Mm -hmm. is much closer to Phoenix than it is Detroit. Yeah. I mean, it's more comparable to walking into your, you know, 2017-18 Golden State Warriors or your, you know, 2011-12 Miami Heat than it is your, you know, 2023-24 Detroit Pistons. And I think that goes Mm -hmm. a long way. The only the reason I bring up the money too is that I could see both options being true that Nebraska's next coach makes less than John Cook did, but could also make more because yeah. it's going to take more to you know lure a Kelly Sheffield, Danny Buzzboom, Kelly type away from their job. But if it is you know like a a Jalen Reyes or a Tyler Hildenbrand, just to use names that have been here, probably less than what John Cook's making right now. Mm-hmm. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I, I think so. When you look back at like Monty Williams, though, here, mm-hmm. this is maybe why you saw such a lucrative deal with the Detroit Pistons. So if you look at when Monty took over in Phoenix, they they were 19 and 63 in 2018 That's and 2019. Right. Monty Williams comes in after being an associate coach or assistant coach with the Philly Philadelphia 76ers, I believe, is where he came from prior to Phoenix, at least. Um and in his first year, they drafted DeAndre Ayton. DeAndre Ayton was a rookie in 2019-2020. And they finished 10th in the Western in the West uh, at 34-39. Then it's a 51-21 record in 2020-2021. Then a 64-18 record. Now this season, 45-37. So if you're Detroit here, and using the Nebraska football model, mm-hmm. right, you're going, this is a guy that, just less than less than eight years ago with Phoenix has shown the ability to rebuild a, an organization with draft picks, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of the same guys. Michael Bridges was on that team when uh, when Monty got there. Monty got there in 2019. Thank you. I had a, had a lull. <laughs> There's a lot of names um, thrown out. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, you sit there and go, $72 million. It, is that worth it to get Detroit into a playoff? And and right. for a team that won 17 games, you're getting desperate, I think. A, a team that has had a couple, you know, higher draft picks over the last couple years, one of them that you used on Cade Cunningham, that who hasn't been able to stay healthy, if I remember correctly, for had a lot of it. surgery. Yeah, and mm-hmm. so and, and so you're you're hoping that Monty Williams can come in and you're paying him the right amount of money to draw a coach like that to Detroit which may not be the most attractive gig, right? When you've won 17 games this last season, I think you're paying for a coach to get you through a rebuild and try to steady the ship a little bit when he was able to do it with Phoenix just in 2018, 2019. Right, and that's where I think Money Williams will be an X's and O's upgrade, but to me that hire is less about that because is Detroit in the playoffs in three years? I don't think so. No. Looking at their roster, I mean, really you have Cade Cunningham, Maybe Jalen Duran and Jaden Ivey. Yeah. Those, to me, are the, the real building blocks. You have no wing depth. You have your best players being centers and two guys that need the ball in their, their hands a lot. Mm-hmm. That's a tough sell. Nebraska Volleyball is in the NCAA tournament in three years. Nebraska Volleyball, if they keep this group together, is a Final Four team in three years. I mean, obviously, the upperclassmen will move on, and that's where the, the transience of college sports can vary in some ways from professional sports. But... There's a more solid foundation where I think it's going to be important for Nebraska volleyball to pay a sustainer 
because mm-hmm. I don't think there's going to be a drop-off to pay someone to help keep Nebraska volleyball where it's at. Whereas I think it was the right move to pay Matt Rule. Maybe, you know, we can go back and forth on the exact amount, but to pay top dollar for a coach like Matt Rule to rebuild because he's proven mm-hmm. he can do that. You don't, you shouldn't need that type of person in Nebraska volleyball. Oddly, and well, and yes, exactly. Which I, I mean, in or in turn, could make the hire and the process more intriguing from the outside perspective. Big time, because it's mm-hmm. it's almost more of a. I guess I would ask you a question: Is there more pressure to make a hire when you're a national, or when you're a dynasty, or is there more pressure when you're at the bottom of the barrel? I'm going to go back and forth on this one too, and I think it's different kinds of pressure. Yeah. I think the the narrative is that it's more important to make a hire when you're trying to continue or revive a dynasty that's still mm-hmm. moderately to relatively successful but hasn't taken that next step. Yeah. Whereas for the future of the franchise or the program, whichever level, it's probably more meaningful long-term if you hit on someone to build it into that. Yeah. If that's fair. Yeah, I, I just – it's interesting. Oddly enough, going back to the NBA, I know we're jumping around a little bit here, um, but going back to the NBA with the Detroit Pistons, uh, who who just hired – Monty Williams for seventy two and a half million dollars, I believe, something was, like that. Yeah. Something like that over over a long time. Um, Monty Williams obviously just got you know let go from the Phoenix Suns, um, and, and oddly enough, in 2018-2019, when Monty had his first year with the with Phoenix Phoenix Suns, that was the last year that the Detroit Pistons made the playoffs. They were forty one and forty one. Um, it was also the first time since 2015 that they had been at 500 or above, and they lost in the first round. That was under first-year head coach at the time, Dwayne Casey. Mm-hmm. Um, Dwayne Casey, who had just gotten fired from the Raptors and picked up exactly. his Coach of the Year award as exactly. a member of the Detroit Pistons. So, I mean, you just look at some of these records with the Detroit Pistons since that year in Dwayne Casey's first year where they lost to the uh, lost in the first round of the Eastern Conf- uh, Conference playoffs. They were 41 and 41 in 2018, 2019, 20 and 46, 20 and 52, 23 and 59, and then 17 and 65. I mean, and just going back more farther, 37 and 45, 39 and 43. I I mean, you haven't had sustained success since Flip Saunders was your coach and you lost in the Eastern Conference Finals three straight years. If I remember correctly, from like 05 to 08, maybe they 05 made to 07, finals I guess. In 04. They then, yes, they yeah. won. They won the finals yeah. in 04, mm-hmm. um, and that was with Larry Brown as their yeah. coach. Yeah. And so I I don't know. It's just you're paying top dollar amount for a guy, and and part of that's probably to get him to go to Detroit. Has to be like just the place the that you're going tax right because if if. I don't know, the Chicago Bulls are an example. Chicago, Chicago Bulls were in a playing game if they decided to move on from Billy Donovan. Where's where's a more attractive landing spot if you are Monty Williams? Chicago or and looking at the rosters, right? Mm-hmm. Chicago or Detroit. I, I don't know. Um, but I, I feel like probably location and and roster and you talked about little to no depth on in Detroit outside of I mean Ivy and Cade Cunningham and Duran. And so that's why you got to pay top dollar. And Nebraska was in a similar spot is you looked around at what Nebraska's unfortunately done the last 10 years. And it's been a lot of losing. It's been a lot of three and nine, a lot of four and eight, 
um, a lot of missed bowl games. And you're going to have to go out and maybe get and pay open the checkbook a little bit more. People forget that Matt Rule initially said no. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, people forget that part. Yeah. And Matt Rule initially said no to Nebraska. And then you had to open up the checkbook just a little bit more and load it up on the back end. And that eventually drew Matt Rule to Nebraska. I'm sure open up the checkbook for him personally, but also, you know, continue to show that the purse strings are open for the program and the the investment. Uh, Qdoba guy, welcome back. Don't forget that even though you're not driving around anymore, we do have a free app. You can listen every day. Uh, the website, TicketFM.com. Also, podcasts, wherever you get them. Mm-hmm. Uh, check us out. So if you miss anything, definitely go back and listen there. And uh, yes, Kip, John Cook did retire after a 3 nothing sweep <laughs> he did over not. Minas TC. He went yeah. out on top. He did we not. We celebrate a great career. We, we were just talking. Yeah. We were just discussing how coaches get their salaries and, and hires and, and other details in that. No, John Cook is, is still... <laughs> And thankfully, still the the head coach of Nebraska volleyball. They didn't they announce just, anything. Yeah, no, just nothing. No sports hi- talk radio. Hypothetical stuff in the in, in the start of June. So that's what we're doing. Thanks for listening. Uh, we'll take a break. Cross it over. No Jay. He's uh, on his way. But I think DP will join us for the crossover to round out on the block next.